going on everybody welcome back to number 78 of the swingman podcast uh as ever i'm your host jules st major join us um, all the time by louis halpin and lewis howard and uh we're going to be going through we had a uh, we had dunk or flunk podcast number one uh, i think two podcasts ago now where we were talking about players that are overrated or underrated uh, in the current nba you know just kind of the general timeline sense of things if a player would be over underrated and uh it seems to be quite popular so we're gonna do it again we enjoyed that podcast we enjoyed that podcast a lot um so it's done called flunk episode two there is no catchy name realistically for this we're just gonna put two on the end of it um and we're gonna go from there and uh we haven't spoken about the players that we've each chosen i think before we chose five each and then we quickly realized that that wasn't possible in a 45 minute podcast mm-hmm. so this time we've this time we've said we'll each pick two we've not told each other in there and we'll just, you know, hash it out right now. Not live, but, you know, it's live for us. So um, I'll go first. Ooh. And the name that I'm going to I'm gonna ping forward to you here. Um, I think, well, I mean, we, we've spoken about, we've definitely spoken about this guy this season, but we've spoken about him quite a lot in general. And he normally comes under the bracket of, is he like your top guy or is he just under it? So what I want to know, gents, is, is Kyrie Irving under or overrated? there you go yeah he he is so divisive that like to to decipher whether he's overrated or underrated i don't really have a view on generally how he's rated if that makes sense for me to go off of this is why Uh, i thought it'd be a good one this is why i thought it'd be a good one i mean it's all personal preference there's there's no wrong answer at the end of the day i think i might go purely as a player slightly underrated um i i genuinely think the stuff that he can do in terms of finishing at that size you know like his arsenal of layups is made but i've never seen anyone else do that literally is one of the few who can do that sort of thing um we've definitely played 3v3 basketball so you've seen me play so i'm a bit surprised at that but... yeah but you're more of a jump shooter ray allen type you don't <laughs> Over those contact layups. <laughs> you're not saying on box office, is that what you're saying? It's like it's, you're like you know when Max Kellerman said the Iguodala thing. That's you. Like, <laughs> I want Iguodala. <laughs> like ice, ice water running through the veins type thing. But uh, yeah, getting back on track. Um, <laughs> what he does with like in, in in terms of finishing at that size is like unlike anyone else I've seen, literally in the history of basketball. Um, not many comparisons for him. And obviously his handles. He's a great jump shooter as well, don't get me wrong. So he's, he's got all of that. Um, so I'm going to go slightly underrated because I think maybe his antics off the court, which I do think have an impact more than they should, um, has affected the, the more general view of him. that People think of him as like a bit of an issue, a bit of a problem in a team, whereas I think he probably adds more on it at the end of the day with just how good he is on the court. Okay, Lewis. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a weird one because I, I I wouldn't say personally, when looking at the public's view of Kyrie Irving, that he's 
by the majority anyway, overrated or underrated. I think everyone's got a pretty good, good idea of who Kyrie Irving is and how much of a baller he is. If I had to pick, I would say that he's probably slightly underrated, as you say, Louis, because of maybe some of the antics <clears throat> off the court. But, you know, while that, you, you could argue that may affect the team chemistry, maybe how the team plays, it never has affected his performances on the court, really. He's always balled out. As you say, for someone his size, the efficiency that he finishes at the rim is pretty incredible with the array of finishes he has. He's obviously box office. He's a champion. He's a, a great clutch player, someone you can rely on down the stretch. And and so, yeah, so I, I don't think you can say... I, I couldn't say he's overrated. He, he is... He, he's definitely not overrated, so I'd say maybe underrated because of the antics off the court. Okay, I would have said 2018, I'd have said overrated. I really mm. would have. I thought his time in Boston was the clear example of like he's come out of Cleveland, wants to lead a team, wasn't really prepped for it. There was a lot of other issues in Boston anyway, but I thought that was an example of he's overrated and then you know he'll get better and he'll be a progressive player but i thought his 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 level perhaps of trying to be that main guy on the team was overrated now joining the nets obviously definitely not the main guy on the team but he's one of the big 3 he is definitely one that they're going to lean on obviously it's changed my view on him it definitely has on the basis of that to have the understanding of where he was and even though he's putting up similar numbers in that respect in terms of points and everything like that especially this season because what he played like 15 games last year for the Nets or something silly like that this season especially I've got to go underrated which I don't want to do because then we've all gone underrated but I can't see how he can be overrated on the premise of what he's doing for the Nets team right now from when Kevin Durant's been out from when Harden wasn't there at the start and then has had little bits and bobs out, out outside of it He's been very, very good for the Nets, just genuinely having that team on his back for it. And I think that when then you ha- obviously add in James Harden and Kevin Durant to that, it's a formidable opponent, and that's why they're the favourites to win the whole thing this year. I think the two years in Boston was ropey, and that affects mm. it. But then I think that plays into the fact of that now he's slightly overrated. This is what I mean. This is whole completely cyclical in that respect for mm. a lot of these players because they'll go up and down from it. But as it is right now... I think Kyrie Irving is underrated, and that, I think, that isn't really that isn't really something to then say. Oh my god, yeah. wow! Because we've all said it's underrated, which just didn't want to have this podcast go. But it is what it is. No, no but I'll, I'll add a little wrinkle to the conversation because I think you you broached an interesting topic there with the the Boston Celtics stuff. It kind of proved, or maybe he just wasn't at the right period in his career, or whatever. But it he, he proved that he wasn't really able to be the best team on a the best player, sorry, on the team that can really compete for a championship at that time. Again, there was other issues with that team as well. I'm not denying that. But you would say he was he was quite a poor leader in that scenario. And that's why, in my head still, even though I did put, put him as underrated, I don't think I can slot him into a top 10, you know, in the top 10 players in the league conversation yet. I'd still take, mm-hmm. if we're talking point guards, I'd still have Steph. Obviously, I'd still have Steph. And I'd probably have Dame as well over him. Um, because I just think Dame's a better leader and he's proven that he can be the best player on a team and take it pretty damn far considering the talent level on it. So, um, yeah, do you consider him a top 10 player if we, if we want to add another 
<clears throat> I don't know about the top ten, but the point guard discussion I think is a more interesting one. Mm-hmm. Steph is outright number one. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. I don't know about Dame over Kyrie. You know, I do think Dame's a better leader, but I don't. I don't know if I could say Dame's a better player than Kyrie Irving. It's close. It's very, very close. It's very it's close. Very yeah. close. Yeah, it's, it's very, very close. close. It, you can make the argument for either of them, and no one's going to have a go at you. Put it that way. I, forgot oh, I don't know. Space. Actually, that's a tough one. I think Dame's probably a better shooter. Not much in it. Kyrie's a better finisher. Kyrie's got but... better at shooting recently. As well. He has I done. But I'm not. Uh, yeah. Years. I think Dame has more range, though. If that makes. He does sense. have more. Range. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Playmaking, I'd probably go Dame, but that's both not their strong suits. Defensively, it's kind of a wash as well. So it's very, very close. I can't deny. I think the leadership thing just tilts it in Dame's direction for me. But if someone said Kari, I'm not going to intensely argue with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick Dame. I'd probably put him just ahead of him. Just from not the past the... few years. It's, yeah, not, not... it's not It's not. far away. It's, it's very tight, but... yeah. Anyway, so we've all gone underrated for Kyrie Irving. That doesn't set uh, the cat off the pigeons at all. So um, I thought that was going to be controversial, and like this was going to go overrated. That was in my head, but um, no, I was definitely not. I'm definitely not going over overrated for Kyrie. I'm a big Kyrie yeah. Irving fan. Um, well, I want you to throw a player in the hat now. All right. Uh, do I go? Do I go for one? That I think. We'll go on a different opinions. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for the one. There was one that Louis wanted to talk about last time, and and I think this one is good in the sense that I think you definitely have people saying over or under. I don't think people generally fall in the middle with this person. I'll, so I'll throw Marcus Smart out there. And I did I, I not think, expect that name. I, th- I think the thing with well, is, is I remember Louis saying he wanted to talk about him last time we did this, and for me it's. It's basically weighing up how much of an impact he has defensively versus how much of a negative impact he has offensively and weighing up the two and whichever one you generally take more preference for, you think these over or underrated because of it. Uh, Last time we did this, I feel like I had a slightly stronger opinion on Marcus Smart. I don't know why. Um, but I would have gone firmly overrated if we'd done this a couple of weeks ago. I've kind of simmered down since then for some reason. I'd still go slightly overrated, um, purely on the basis of uh, the people just stress how important he is to that team all the time. And he very well may be. If you liken his impact to sort of like Draymond Green's in the Golden State Warriors, you, you can be like, oh, he's the, heart, he's the leader of that team, he's the heart of that team's offensive. And that's discounting Draymond's playmaking ability, to be fair. Um, people sort of like, and I feel like I see similar types of comparisons between their impacts on their teams, but he just, he annoys me so much offensively. I think that's the reason why I can, I I hold this opinion about this particular player anyway, because of the, just the downright stupid shots that he takes in Mm. the biggest moments. Um, when clearly the ball shouldn't be flying out of his hand, or it can be flying out of his hand if he's got a nice open shot. But most of the shots he takes are like deep freeze, twenty, you know, three seconds into the shot clock, that are just never going to go in. And he is mm. a very good defender. Don't get me I like I, I do agree with that. But 
I feel like he's been deemed an untouchable within that Celtics setup, certainly by the GM, Danny Ainge. I, I think there's ways to improve that team. And if you were sa- to sacrifice Marcus Smart, I'd be like, I think that's fine. I, I I just think his impact on that team is just slightly overstated. But he did have a good playoffs last season. I'll give him, I'll grant him that. Mm. Yeah, as you say, he, he's not a good scorer whatsoever. He really isn't. But the... The impact he has defensively is pretty incredible for a guy that's six foot three. Like he always takes the hardest defensive assignment guard wise, but also when he needs to gets put has to defend people much larger than himself. And the tenacity he goes about it, I think that's what gives him the amount of plaudits he does defensively. But there's the question of does that make up for the fact that he is a bit of an offensive liability. Uh, and for me, I'm not sure. I think a lot of the time it comes down to what type of team you're on. When, when you're that kind of player, like some teams will need you, some teams won't need you. I, I think he is very good for the Celtics, especially with the intangibles he brings. So I'll, I'll go the other way. I'll say, I'll say, he's, uh, I'll say he's slightly underrated. Because I do think he's a very important member to that Celtics team. Before we move on to George, I just want to say, uh, it reminds me a little bit of what George said about Malcolm Brogdon in the last episode, that he was, oh, everyone was saying he was so underrated that he became slightly overrated for me. I think that's where... I, I, I think you can make it. a stronger argument with Marcus Smart with that one. Yeah, I agree. But I'll, I'll still go slightly underrated. I think he is the epitome of a regular season defender. I don't trust him from when I've seen the play, when I've seen the the Celtics play playoff basketball. I think it's then well, hang on, how I, how I phrase this. I think in the regular season, his benefits on defense outweigh his drawbacks on offense, but in the playoffs, I don't think it does. I think that in the playoffs last year, he was quite good. He started like pretty much every game for them, obviously. Um, but again, that's when when you had his limitations of his offensive threat. This is where, unless you're, he's a very good defender. I don't think anyone would describe him as an elite defender. I think he's didn't he win like the Hustle Award or something that the NBA do like two years ago or something. He he's that kind of he's like an angry dog on the floor. Like he's just going to shout at everybody, but he's not really his size. He isn't a presence. You can't really be like you can be a defensive leader no matter how tall you are or how big you are, but. And in the regular season, that's great. But in the playoffs, when we all know the game, it, it doesn't change. It changes. That's where his limitations then cause it. Because he can't... He can tune in more and he can play aggressive and all of this, but he can't really elevate his game at a defensive level to another level, like to another tier. And he hasn't realistically got it in him from what I've seen from the past five years of whatever he's played in this league to show that he's going to get better offensively. Oh, his highest average is, what, 13 it's, points? Yeah, this year, but the, the efficiency is not there. Yeah, and it's that. that's what I mean. And then in the, and that's regular season. Then in playoffs, it's different. I don't know what his playoff high is in the stats. It's probably better. But it's more of the the out, the, the, the drawback there is just it's not worth it at all. Um, yeah. I will I, I mean, say, though, that I think he's, I think he's actually... Oh, I was going to say overrated, but I think he's a little bit underrated still. I do. Yeah, I, I would the... disagree with what you said 
at the start about him not being a, him being a regular season defender. I don't think that's true. What you said after, I think, is a, is a decent. In what? Point. In what sense of that he's not a regular season defender, or that no? He, I think he's he. I think he. Can, I think he'd be a good defender in the playoffs. I think he was a good defender in the playoffs in the last playoffs when he had to slide into the starting lineup. I think he did quite well. But what you said about whether the offense can make up for it or the defense can make up for the offense, I think that's the main point where you can go the other way about it. He, he can have good offensive games. I'm not saying that he can't. I, he, he probably he had good offensive games in the playoffs last year. I think what bugs me a little bit more is that he has the confidence of a player who's like the number one option when really he's got the offensive ability of someone who's probably best off being fourth or fifth. Like he just mm. takes too many shots, nothing gets. It just hampers the team. It's definitely hampered the team in the regular season this year. And I remember he was out for a big portion of this year in the regular season, and the Celtics were doing really badly. And everyone's like, "Oh, we just got to wait until we get Marcus back. Or he's our heart of our team. He'll, we'll be really good once he gets back." And they haven't been. Um, mm. That's not just his fault, but it's just, I just think it illustrates how his impact is just slightly overstated. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you can make that a logical argument. Personally, I don't agree with it, obviously, but. I think Celtic yeah, I fans overrate him, but general NBA fans yeah. underrate him. Yeah, that's that. I, I tell you what, that that's a good way of summing it up. I agree with you. There. I think that's how I, that's how I'd go about it because they make him sound. From what I've seen of Celtic fans on on Twitter or any social media, when when he's playing, he is described as if he is some absolute clamp that's going to lock anybody up. But as a general practice of a rule of thumb, I think he's a bit underrated across the league. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a nice cool, way. We're, really being, uh, we're, we're being very sitting on the fence. I don't like this. this yeah. Is not yeah, but nice, you know, we're so. still we're still choosing. We're still choosing. Lu- so. Louis, throw cat amongst the piggins. Yeah, Louis, pick Piggins, pick a device player. Piggins, pick a device player. Um, all right. I think I don't think we've done this person last time, but please tell me if we do. Uh, Zach Levine. I'm going to go Zach Levine. Um, and to, uh, maybe to preface to get this conversation rolling, I think he's. He's a bit overrated, actually. Um, obviously, an all-star this year. But he's been putting up very good numbers for, like, what, three or four years now. And I think it's just got to the point where we can, even with Vucevic and the team, they're still not doing that good. Um, I think it can firmly come to the point now that he is one of those empty calorie players that just puts up very nice stats, looks very good. But in reality, he's not really leading his team to anything considerable or meaningful. Um might sound a bit harsh. I know he's got qualities of a player and he's fantastic to watch, but as a number one option, not for me. As a number two option, probably not either. I think you'd look in at a third option at best for him if if he's on a really good team. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my one. I, I suppose I've gone quite controversial with that. Uh, yeah, I would say that's pretty controversial, actually. You really did throw a uh, a cat amongst the pigeons there. Yeah, it's my design. It's by design, to be fair. Well, whilst I didn't, I think when we chose our all-star selections, I don't actually think I put Zach Levine in it. I think one of you did. Was it you or was it George? George, I think. I don't think. Okay. I okay. Yeah. Well, I actually regretted that, I'll be honest. <laughs> I it, Personally, I think if I had to choose, I'd say Zach Levine's a little bit underrated because I really think he's an absolutely excellent scorer. I think uh, I had uh, some some technical issues there. So I, I had Zach Levine, uh, and then uh, uh, I was okay. on a bit of a, a ropey one. Thank you very much, BT. All right, well, for you, the uh... TLDR, 
Louis. Oh, actually, Louis, go on. You, you can sum it up. It was no, I was going to say, I thought George dropped out of pure shock at the, <laughs> the, hot, at the hot take that I just laid down. I just said, so, I think Zach Levine's. Uh, uh, you know what I said? It's the, it's the phrase that you, I liked, uh, that you liked, that I said last time. I think it was about DeMarcus Cousins, and I said he was an empty calorie player. Oh, uh, Zach Levine <laughs> is an empty calorie player. So you're going overrated, I assume, from that. Yeah, yeah. I would say underrated. To carry on with what I say, I'd, I'd go underrated. I really do think Zach Levine's an excellent scorer and a very good NBA player. I get what you mean about, well, maybe not about the empty empty calorie might be a bit strong, but the Bulls have not been very good, and they obviously they just got Vucevic, and they still haven't been fantastic. I don't think Zach Levine's been playing that many games recently. Is he, is he is he injured? I can't I can't remember. Then is anyone there? Sure. I, I don't think he's been playing games recently, but they still haven't been amazing. But if he hasn't been playing, then you can't really attribute that to him. Oh but yeah, I, I am more of the opinion. I'm not saying he's as good as Devin Booker, but he's more like that Devin Booker type player. He is a very good player. He's just on a not very good team. But if they can get the pieces around him like they've started to do with Vucevic, I think you'll see him shine a little bit more. I think it's a bit criminal to call him overrated, Louis, if I'm being honest. Young Hollywood. You put that... He's, he's only 26. He's had his best season ever this year. He's now got a decent centre to go alongside him. They had some decent pieces now anyway. They've got some nice little players like Kobe White. You can't help the fact that Laurie Marketing just hasn't come on like he should have. His game overall has transcended and improved, I'd say, year on year. In the past like three years, he's gotten better every year, which if you're going to go on that basis of that's quite rare, I'd say, for a player to improve three years in a row. Um, and he has that sort of, he's developed that big player mentality. He's developed the shoulders to carry a team. All right, granted, they're 25 and 38 or whatever they are, I don't know. I'm not going to take the season stats for him this year into his account. Next year, when there's a healthy him, a healthy Vucevic, and some other players around that they pick up because they'll want to try and make the playoffs next year properly, then you can look at Vucevic as, as a team, Zach mm. uh, Levine as a team. But for now, I mean, this would be like judging uh, Bradley Beal based on his record. We all know what Bradley Beal is. They're different players in that respect, but... It's the similar aspect of Big Fish Little Pond at the minute in terms of the team's rankings. I think mm. that his style of play for one probably gets more highlights and clips across anything because of just the type of player he is. Like that winner against the Charlotte Hornets last year was unbelievable. And just in general, I think that he's, even though he's not a playmaker, I think his kind of presence on the floor to be the leader has improved tenfold from when he first joined the league when he was at the Timberwolves so it's more of the I can't say he's under I can't say he's overrated on that premise because he's only just made all-star this year I don't mm. think he's widely put across <clears throat> the league of that he's an unbelievable number two like shooting guard and on that basis I think that he's kind of I think he actually is underrated I wouldn't even say that he's slightly I think he just is underrated because of people look at him on the balls and then they're like is that Levine again I think if this Bulls team were even on wins, he'd be all-star every year, no doubt. Yeah, as you say, I think the real test will be uh, 
next season because I, I just checked he has been out with COVID protocols at the moment. And obviously, he didn't have Vucevic for the whole time. I will say, I'm, I, I don't want to get us onto this next person right now because I don't want him to be my second player. But I also think Vucevic is a little bit under. It is underrated. So it'll be interesting to see how two people that I'd put on that side are going to do next season in that Bulls team. I mean, we can do Vucevic if you if you so please. And, uh, there's an old player I want to do had? over him personally. It's not, but we can get on to him if you want because uh, I'll happily talk about Vucevic. If, if you wanted a cat, a cat among the pigeons, and I don't know why we're using that phrase so often in this podcast, I don't think Vucevic <laughs> is one to go for. Yeah, that, that's no, it's, it's like I think every, I think everyone's pretty. Agreed on Vucevic being a very good NBA player. So, yeah, there's not really much to say about it. I've got one. Go on then. I've got two words Paul George. Over underrated Louis Halfin. Over underrated Louis Halfin. I mean, the current discourse on Paul George and whenever he does anything wrong is torrid. Um, You would think he was a Bam! Whenever he like, this is a like. Don't, like, don't sit on the fence. Don't sit on the fence. Say how you feel. Uh, no, but you like. I, I'm saying on social media or whatever, or the reactions. If he messes up or something, he gets tenfold the amount of abuse or criticism than some other players who does who do the same thing. Um, so he's probably he's probably in the underrated camp at, at, at this stage, but that doesn't really fairly reflect how I feel about the player in general now. Shocking. Is when it gets to the playoffs, so, so that, that's just unfair, unfortunately. But yeah, he probably is underrated at this stage. Okay, I think I agree with you because I do think he has had some terrible playoffs, don't get me wrong. But the sheer negativity and passion that comes out on Twitter mainly, but just all social media in general, whenever he does anything, as you say. Which had you believe he is absolutely shocking when yeah. in fact he is a very, very good NBA player, a very good t- two way player. Maybe not as much as he was a few years ago now, but he still is a, a good to, a good two way player. I think he's having a under the radar season at the moment. I think he's playing very well. And the Clippers in general are playing very well. So for me, I, I would say he airs on the side of underrated. So I think that this is one of the most cyclical players of all time in that respect, um, in current history, in recent history, I should say. Um, on the basis of that, I would say underrated, but then when you then leave OKC, you go to the Clippers, you kind of, you know you're with Kawhi Leonard, you know you have a good chance of winning the chip. Don't start calling. Well, I mean, I know he didn't do it that year, but don't start saying things like, you know who I am, I'm playoff P when you've not won anything before. I think that I would have said underrated last year, but I think he's done that whole, I think everyone's got bamboozled and they're doing this whole, oh, he's going to be all right. He's this top class player. Look at Twitter. Look at all the abuse he gets. He's still unbelievable. I actually think he's overrated now. I really do. I think that playoff series is a is a tipping point. I mean, he's 31, I think, now, Paul George. Yeah, he's been all right in the regular season this year. He's still not played as many games as he should have. This was their one big issue last year. And I think he's played, he's on track to play very similar games this year as he was last year. Maybe a few more. He'll play more this year. He'll play more. Still, 
still the point it it wouldn't be enough if he played every game from now until the playoffs which he won't do um i think that people still look at him and see paul george as the kind of first year okc second year okc paul george i don't think he is that player anymore i think he still has the abilities for it and he's shown it this year with a little bit of a i wouldn't say comeback season but i'd say a bit of a return to form um in making the the all-star game and everything like that which he was left out of last year for absolute merit um I think he's a bit more of a general scorer now, but I think his effort on the defensive end and his effort outside of the paint, outside of the perimeter has gone a bit. And that was sort of two of the main big things for Paul George. Don't get me wrong. He's still a good player, but I think he's just, I think people were like, Oh, he's, he's going to be all right. He'll, he'll turn up for the playoffs again this year. He'll, He'll turn up and he'll, he'll go into some next elevated level and he'll come back to himself. And I, I don't really see it. I don't see him playing anywhere near like he was for the OKC in a Clippers uniform. And I don't know if I'm in, I don't know if I'm on my own now or not, but I think people uh, still think he's like that. And I don't think he is. I think he's a little bit, he, he tries a little bit less he, on the defensive I, he definitely he doesn't for OKC. He definitely, he will never have a 70, 80 game regular season. And he needs that in that Clippers team to get into some rhythm. I think, I think that's he has his played, main he issue has played well. quite a few games this year, to be fair to him. I, I think I he, he, as a percentage of games played compared to the, you know, how short this season is compared to the other one, I do think he will end up playing quite a bit more. But as you say, that I think the main argument for him is <clears throat> just about the playoffs. Like he just genuinely needs to play at the same level he does in the regular season. Like absolutely unbelievable they're just asking him to not bottle it which is it's hard to say but that's what that's what he's done in the last couple seasons so for the Pacers so for the last year at the Pacers and two last years at the Thunder he had 75 games 79 games 77 games last year for the Clippers he played 48 this year I'm saying I'm saying it compared to last year I'm saying it compared to last year He's played last year. He played forty-eight. This year, he's played forty-seven. So yeah, he'll play and, and there's less year. games, and, and yeah, there's quite a few games left. So he, he, plays he will have played a decent amount. He, he plays two games and misses one, and that's saying that he doesn't get injured and they don't rest him before the playoffs, which they will. I reckon he'll play about fifty-five. Right? Yeah. I've then which just looked much at his last ten games. His three-point percentage, and granted, this is just regular. He's, he's injured which is what, a minute. In fairness to him, uh, okay. But uh, if we're going off of this sort of last stint, right? And this is where this is, comes into it with people going on regular season Paul George and then expecting him to turn it up in the playoffs, which he has never done, which I don't think anyone will agree uh, disagree with me there. He's done it once. One for no, he has. Uh, he has done uh, it uh, at Indiana. Uh, for the Pacers. Yeah. For the Pacers, yeah, right? Yeah. One for six. Yeah, but this isn't when he was going, you know who I am on playoff P. Right? Yeah, I know. One for playoff six. P has sold the legacy. Yeah, one for six from three against the Pelicans. Three for ten at the Rockets. Two for... One for five against the Pistons, four for twelve against the Sixers. But they're... I mean, I that, those are the last <laughs> shooting for a wing and for a defender. That's those not are the three last point shooting. But he he is shooting very well this year. I would I would like to say, like you're picking out a few games. Three there, for ten against the there. Rockets. What perimeter? Three for ten against oh, the overall. Ro- overall, he's shooting like, nearly forty three percent from three. He's he's having a good season. Yeah, I think they're the like, you're nitpicking here. I think. Yeah, I think the biggest decline, as Lewis mentioned, 
just a minute ago is that he just doesn't try as much on the defensive end. And he was one of the best defensive players in the league a couple of seasons ago. I'm probably coming off. I'm probably coming off a bit too strong. He's still a very good basketball player, but on this, on dunk or flunk, you've got to go one side of the fence. I'm 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 going overrated because I just still think people think he is that like OKC thunder paces, Paul George, Uh, when I've not seen anything in the Clippers uniform for me to think that he still is. Yeah, I think we just have different opinions of what the discourse is on Paul George at the minute because what I see, and maybe this is more of an indictment on me on anything, is just pure negativity and <laughs> like just Following people crowding on him. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think that's the general discourse on Paul George at the minute. People are pretty down on Paul George right now, so in general, so that's why I got to go underrated. He's not as they're not as down as they were last year though. Yeah, but that was just like a you know historic low. That was like one of the biggest crumbles we've ever seen from him. That was our triple A mortgage crash, Paul George. That's what that Mm. was. But uh, I mean, he was probably underrated then, though. I would have said he was underrated then as well. So, uh, so I'm the only one here that's gone for Paul George overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we've got you. You need. We need one each from you two, and we've got ten minutes left. So, all right, go on. uh... Uh. Oh. Okay. Um, I was going to throw a curveball here, but we've only got 10 minutes left. I was going to throw in a GM. Um, oh, you no. Can a GM you, you can find a GM if you want. Yeah. I was going to throw in Danny. I was going to throw in Danny Ainge. I thought, I, you know what? I knew it was going to be Danny Ainge when you said you were throwing in a GM. <laughs> Mainly because I've probably waxed, uh, waxed lyrical about how bad he has been in the last couple of years. Um, mm. I think. Uh, uh, Given that, I'm going to go in the overrated camp, obviously, because I think people still regard him as, if not the top GM in the league, probably quite close up there. But I think his performance is probably down towards the sort of middle end or maybe even the lower end if if we're going last couple of years anyway. Um, to sum it up, basically, his draft record outside of Smart, Tatum and Brown, since Tatum basically has been dire, like... I can't put into words how much they've wasted their opportunity in the draft, putting good players around them too, instead of just wasting it on players that just never play for them off. They do it's on a very limited basis. Um, they've lost Kyrie, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward for nothing, literally, um, which has just, I think, placed them in the position where, okay, you're still pretty envious of them because they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But going into next season, I believe both will be on max contract. So it's, going to be a lot harder to build around them than it would have been these last few years. And I think they've missed a tiny little window that they may have had. And I think that's basically down to Danny Ainge just making a lot of errors in the front office, basically. Yeah, I think the the trouble people have with criticising Danny Ainge is you, you look at his history, not too far back, I mean, pretty recent history, and he's he put the Celtics in such a good position to prosper with the the wealth of picks uh, and players that they had. But then you look at what's happened since then, <clears throat> essentially like after they got Brown and Tatum, really. And the he hasn't maybe pulled the trigger on some things you'd want him to have pulled the trigger on. They haven't drafted amazingly as you say and and people i think are starting to feel as though you were in this fantastic position 
and you're really stagnating, even though you know they have done well. They've got to the Eastern Conference Finals multiple times. But even though they've done that, you look at some of the other teams and where they're heading and how they're doing, you think the Celtics could have been or could have done more. But I still look at them and I think they're set up for this. Their, their future is still very bright. You get what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I based mean. off merit, they've got he's drafted very well in them two, especially I would say Jalen Brown more so. I think Jason Tatum was going to strike either way, but Jalen Brown was like very raw coming into the league and he's just he he hit he hit on that one definitely. But I just think I just think he's wasted quite a few opportunities really maximizing the potential of those two over those over these last couple of years. And some of them out of his control. He can't control that Kemba's just not worked out. Um, yeah, but other, the draft thing really, really does bother me. And losing, maybe not losing Holford or something, but for they had a chance to get Miles Turner for Golden Hayward and stuff like that. I just think there's been a lot of missteps, and I don't think they're really attributed to him as much as they should be. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one because I, I think some of the similar, 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 sorry, arguments that people make in Danny Ainge's situation, it. They, you can almost make it for the Brad Stevens situation as well. Mm. Whereas, like, do you, if you ask someone, do you think Danny Ainge is a good GM or likewise, is Brad Stevens a good coach? I think most people's answers would be yes. But if it's not working in the situation at the moment, do you have to do something about it? And that is where some people would also say yes. So if, if you have those opinions, I can see how you could say Danny Ainge is a bit overrated because. He didn't capitalize on all, all of the good things he did before. Personally, I, I couldn't say it's difficult because I couldn't say overrated because if you ask me the question, do I think Danny Ainge is one of the best GMs in the league? My answer is yes. I don't know how you two would answer that question. I would say that he's one of the best in the league, but I think he's overrated on how what what he's done is what I'd say. Um, especially in recent years. Um, I think like Louis said, some of the mishandling of the draft, potentially some of the mishandling of player contracts and players that they could have had. Um, but this is not to say that he's bad. I just think that people assume that he's some absolute god of an executive. But mm. when you realistically look at it, he's not really done that. It, well, he's led one. He, he's been an executive for one win of the Celtics, right? Like, it, I'm not going to go you, too from, far on that one. Yeah, but especially just, because... just to sum it up, because we've got five minutes left, and it's and Howard needs to have yeah, his last player. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I'm happy to go overrated on this, but you know what? I, I will also go a little bit overrated because whilst I do think he is one of the best GMs in the league, still I do think everyone rates Danny Ainge as well. So, so okay. yeah, I'll, I'll go a little bit a little bit overrated because <laughs> he hasn't capitalised on the opportunities he created for the Celtics. We helped three, for DR, three for overrated on DRA. Howard, we've got just <sighs> under five minutes. Who's yeah. Think. All right, I'll go for I'll, I'll go for one. I think we'll garner a reaction from everyone. All right, so I'll throw I'll throw you'll know the players. I'll throw this question out. Can a two-time all-star or someone that's been voted a two-time all-star? be classed as an underrated player. And that player is Chris Middleton. What, what's everyone's thoughts? Chris Middleton is the absolute definition of people that go, he's underrated, but he's overrated. In my opinion. Okay, do you want to elaborate on that? 
the the basis of what I heard from Chris Middleton the past two years of when he made All Star, great player, great regular season stats, good second piece for Yanis. But I mean, a max contract player, he's just not. He's just not. He, he is an overrated player in that aspect. I'm very very keen to hear what Louis Halpin says. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm going to say underrated. Um, okay, just before you say anything else, I would like to say, and Lewis, you will back me up on this. This man said that if Yanis left the Bucks, that contract could be the worst contract yeah, in the league. No, I agree on a con on a contract basis. If you look at it that way, I think you'd have to say he's overrated. But uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I think I, I actually do think he's like a quality second piece. Like I do see him as someone who could be on a second piece on a on a good team that gets to the finals or wins the championship. Maybe with someone slightly more attuned to playoff basketball than Yanis. Um I just like like you said, great regular season statistics. I don't think he dips too much off in the playoffs. I think he gets no. a lot more off. <clears throat> like, he was good in the play- he was good yeah. in the playoffs last year. Do you remember that heat game? Do you remember that heat game yeah, where Yanis went injured? Yeah, he was good. But I mean it's still the basis of that he's one of those classics where everyone's like, oh Chris Middleton's so underrated. And when you watch a game, he's just eh. I can see that. I can see that. He's not. He's not an ISO god. He's probably not someone who can go and win you a game in the last couple of minutes. Maybe he can do. Maybe he's got that ability. But barring this know. season, barring this season, he's a Bucks version of Tobias Harris. Oof, no, I think he's better than Tobias Harris. I also think he's better than Tobias Harris. But I do get the comparison. I do get the comparison. They both got terrible contracts. Well, they both got terrible contracts, but also they are kind of like Chris those... Middleton's nickname is quash money and i can't accept that they're, they're, they're those free <laughs> you know they're those shooters distant shooters who can also handle the ball a little bit maybe middleton a little bit more than tobias harris but they're kind of those players that you know you got your star and they're they're the complementary piece but, but he wasn't good enough to be a co- he wasn't good enough to be a complimentary piece because they had to go and get drew holiday yeah i well i think that's it's weird because I do actually think Middleton's a very good fit with Yanis, but they did need someone who could play, make, and handle the ball a little bit more than Middleton can. So, so in that aspect, GA wasn't perfect to be that second option for them to make a real title push. Some other people would argue that maybe some some other people uh, in the Bucks organization. Were, were to the detriment of them. I know a few people here have some opinions on Mike Budenhoser, but, but we'll get to that later. When he's 34, he's on $40 million. Like... Yeah, I agree. The contract, if you're just going off the contract, then the contract overrates him. But yeah. the contract isn't the be all and end all. And I think that, uh, personally, I think the Middleton is a quality basketball player and people underrate how much he helps that Bucks team. Right. Yeah, I think One he can word. do more than what he... What he... Uh, One word, Chris Middleton, overrated for me. Louis? Underrated. Lewis? Underrated. Mind blind. Right, we're going to leave the podcast there. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you're following us on all our socials. We're on everything at Swingman Pod. Check our website at www.swingmanpod.com. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, whatever you're listening on, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, whatever you're listening to it on. I don't even know what if there's any other platforms, but we're on it. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you check the podcast out next week. and, And we'll catch you then. Stay safe. And thank you very much for listening.